Thanks for tuning in to the Harvest Springs weekly podcast. Every week we'll provide you with the weekend message from our Sunday service. Now here's this week's episode with our lead pastor, Corey Engel. Oh, well, good morning. How are we this morning? Come on. Are we you excited to be here? Are we good? All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. I want to start today by telling you a sad, sad story. I was, I was traveling and I was uh, flying through Dallas Fort Worth Airport. And I was excited because I knew that the Dallas Fort Worth Airport had a Chick fil A. And, uh, and so I knew that my little two hour layover was going to be just enough for me to get off the plane go find the, the concourse it was in, go find the gate where the, the Chick-fil-A was, and I was going to go have myself a Chick-fil-A. And this is important because um, I live in Montana. And at that time, there were no Chick-fil-A's anywhere in Montana. And so uh, I love Chick-fil-A. It's the Lord's Chicken Sandwich, right? Amen. There should be an amen for that. And uh, it, it was, it's fantastic. And so I was so excited. So I, uh, I got off the plane when we landed in Dallas-Fort Worth. I immediately went over to the, you know, the large displays where you could find out all of the amenities and all the places. And I went and found Chick-fil-A, found which concourse it was in, what gate it was at. I, I took a little like train I got to the concourse, got off. I'm walking towards the gate. And as I got towards the gate, I looked and I see the Chick-fil-A and the lights are off. And the gates are pulled down. And I suddenly realized it was Sunday. And in my soul, I thought, why, Chick-fil-A, do you have to honor the Lord on the Sabbath day? Why? Because I wanted a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And for them to close up on Sunday was just like the worst possible thing. How many of you guys have had actually that experience? I know it's happened to others where they have gone excited and realized it was Sunday. I didn't even realize what day it was. And then to find that out, guys, we are going to start a message series today called Sabbath. And for many of us, I think the idea or the concept of Sabbath is something that we kind of think we know, but we don't really know. And in fact, this is something that I think we really need to grow in as followers of Christ. I know I particularly need to grow in this area. Over the course of the next three weeks, including this week, we're going to talk about the need for Sabbath. Next week, we're going to talk about the practice of Sabbath. And then the third week is going to be the blessing of Sabbath. And I'm really going to encourage you to press into this message series. Now, this is not going to be quite like the message series that we've been in in the past year or so. I, I was driving back from, uh, we have a, a little piece of property up in the Dearborn. I went and spent the night there with my daughter. <clears throat> we had a little daddy-daughter camp out. 
on uh, Friday night and Saturdays. We're driving back. I was scrolling through podcasts because you don't have any reception up there. And so I was like, what podcast do I have to listen to? Got to listen to something. The only podcast I had was actually a message from the, the Cosmic War series that, that I had preached. So I'm listening to it. And so I'm 30 minutes into this. I'm like, holy cow, we've been swimming in the deep end for a while. We really have. We've been we've been really going through stuff. I mean, note pages, and I mean, we've been going hard for a long time. That's not what this series is going to be. Okay, some of you are like, okay, good. <sighs> this series is that it's not going to be complicated. It's not going to be hard, but I think it's going to be really, really challenging. In fact, I was talking to my wife earlier this week, and I said, Tosh, I don't think you're going to like this message series. She's like, why, are you going to talk bad about me? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> it's just going to be hard. And I, I want to be very honest with you. I have been more convicted in the past week about my failure to fully understand what Sabbath is and to actually live this out in my life than maybe at any time. I've realized that maybe there's times that I've, I've not been so good, but this has been a really ch real challenge to me. And I think it will be a real challenge to you because I know the things that we often get caught up in. And I realize that Sabbath is something that is kind of countercultural. And this is going to be a struggle for some of us. And some of us, we're going to go through this message. You're going to want to argue with me. You're going to, you're going to want to fight. You're going to say, oh, is, is, you know, this is something else. This is all, this is not new to me because this is all stuff I'm doing personally, inwardly. Now, some of you know that in just a few weeks, uh, our executive team has graciously given me a sabbatical from ministry for a time. And uh, several years ago, our executive team put in place what's called the pastoral health framework. And we realized that this concept of Sabbath, this concept of, you know, periodic breaks and stopping, you know, is, is something that's important. It's valuable. It's good, and we all need it, not just pastors. But our executive team wants desperately to have pastors and a pastoral staff that is healthy, that is, that is uh, as fruitful as possible. And the Israelites, God worked the idea of Sabbath into the, the flow of the Israelites uh, and as, agra uh, agrarian, as an agrarian culture, as farmers and you know, sowers of fields, they knew that God instructed them for every seventh year, they were to leave the field empty. They weren't to plant it. And why? Because they knew that that field, when it was not planted, would be able to refresh and rejuvenate and get back some of the nutrients it needed to continue to be fruitful and abundant in its crop. The idea of Sabbath is just to kind of refresh, renew, reconnect with the nutrients you need to stay fruitful and faithful. And that's ultimately the executive team's heart here at Harvest Springs for all of our pastoral staff is that we want all of our staff to be living fruitful, faithful lives. And part of that is to have seasons of Sabbath, seasons of Sabbath. If you, if you, some of you might be interested in uh, that pastoral health framework. It's not just about sabbaticals. Sabbaticals is just one little piece. There's a lot of things that we try to invest in. We encourage our staff to do. There's personal things. There's organizational things we do. And if 
if that's at all of interest to you, we'd make that available to you. But it's one of the, that pastoral health framework is one of the things that triggered after 20 years of doing ministry. We started Harvest Springs, or we were in the process of starting Harvest Springs at this time 20 years ago, which is it's just mind-blowing to me. At this time, 20 years ago, we were putting a team together to start a new church. And when we get to December, that would be our grand opening service. That will be our 20th anniversary as a church in December 11th of 2021. 20 years. And there's been a consistent flow, right? The same, and I wake up, I think the same way almost every single day. And, you know, there's certain things that we've done in ministry every day for 20 years. And, you know, it's one thing that, that I'm kind of terrified about because just in a couple weeks, I'm going to walk away and I am not supposed to think that way for the next three months. And it will be really challenging. It will be a time of Sabbath. And so let's talk about Sabbath. What does it mean to Sabbath? If you take a look, the first place we see this word Sabbath and the concept of Sabbath is in Genesis chapter 2. It is connected with the first seven days of mankind's existence, the first seven days of, of Earth's create, uh, existence, actually just the second day of man's existence. In Genesis chapter 1, we have this first six days of creation. Okay, and we have an account of all that God did. But in Genesis chapter 2, verses one through three, here's what it says. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he, Hebrew word here, he Sabbathed. He Sabbathed. He Sabbathed on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So verse uh, three in Genesis chapter two, so God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. It means he set it apart from the other days, okay? Because on it, God, another word, Sabbathed, right? Not rested, he Sabbathed from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, I understand that we often consider this idea of Sabbath and we connect it to rest, Okay? And it does have a connection to rest. But if you actually dive into the, the Hebrew word, it literally means to stop. Okay? Not to, not to rest, it means to stop. It means to cease activity. It means to bring it or this activity to an end. Are you following me? Now, I know in Genesis, the translators here use the word rest, but I think it's a horrible word because God did not need to take a nap. He was not tired from the six days of work he did. God didn't need to rest. And the word here, although it's translated rest, doesn't necessarily mean rest. It means to stop. It means that God on the seventh day, right? Six days he worked on the seventh day, he stopped. He stopped. 
He ceased the work. He stopped the activity. He didn't keep working. Right? It wasn't because he was tired. It wasn't because there wasn't other things to do. He stopped. And there's something important for us to learn from this. Now, for most of my life, I've always thought the Sabbath just means rest. And because I've just said, okay, Sabbath means rest, well, then I have excused a lot of activity into my life just in the framework that is just rest. I'm just resting. There are three things that I'm going to throw out to you that let me just suggest this is true of me, and I, I want you to consider whether it's true of you and how you have thought about the Sabbath. For me, many times I have thought that the Sabbath just means slow down. That Sabbath means slow down. About once a year or so, I will get into my mind that I am going to get in a runner's shape. In fact, I'm probably going to train for a marathon or a triathlon or something. So I'll go dig out my, my running shoes and I'll throw them on, get on some shorts, and I'll take off on a run. Again, this is like once a year this happens. Okay, it only takes once and then I'm good for another year. Okay, so I take off. We've got a mailbox about a mile from my house. And so I take off from my house and I am like, I am invigorated and I'm, and you know, I'm getting in shape and this is the first mile and, you know, probably a thousand miles I'm going to run this year. And, you know, I'm, and I'm just feeling so good. And that lasts for about a hundred yards. And then I start to realize, man, it's, it's kind of, there's not enough oxygen up here in this high elevation of Great Falls, Montana. And I'm, you know, I'm breathing a little heavy and and pretty soon, like, I'm realizing I, I probably can't sustain this pace very much longer. And so what do I do? I don't stop, though. How many of you guys are with me? You know this. When you're on a run, don't stop. You got to keep the progress going. You got to at least keep going towards the goal. So I slow down. I can't keep that first pace, right? So I go as hard as I can, kind of. And then I walk. And then at some point when kind of oxygen seems to have refilled in me and I kind of catch my breath a little bit and I feel like I can go, then I take off running again and that goes for another about 100 yards. And then I walk and then run, you know, walk, run, walk all the way there and back. How many of you guys are with me? Okay. For me, I always feel like that little walk period is like Sabbath. Like I run. And then I walk, I'm still going, still pressing forward, still making progress. I don't stop. There's no hands on the knees, right? I'm not, no, I'm still going. I've just slowed down. That's not the idea of the word Sabbath. Okay? Sabbath doesn't mean slow down. It doesn't mean if you're running on the treadmill at nine miles an hour, and when someone says Sabbath, you turn it back to five miles an hour. And then once the Sabbath is over, you turn it back up to nine miles an hour, and you just go through that cycle of nine miles an hour back to five miles an hour, nine miles. That's not the concept of Sabbath. What does the word Sabbath mean? Stop. It means don't keep running. It means get off the treadmill. It's okay. 
That's what Sabbath means. For me, the second thing that I often think, and I have often thought about the Sabbath, is that the Sabbath just means change my activity. If certain activities happen in my career, in my work, then when I get home or when I'm not at work, then those activities are are Sabbath activities. Make sense? That I can work hard at work. When I come home, I can work hard, but that's just fine because it's not work at work. It might be work at home, but work at home is just fine. It's just different than work at work. Are we following here? It would be like being on a treadmill, running, and then someone saying Sabbath, and you jump off the treadmill, get onto the exercise bike, and then keep going. And then we're on the exercise bike for just a short period, and then we jump off of the exercise bike and get back on the treadmill and run again. How many of you guys are with me in this? We understand what I'm saying. That it's okay for me to work hard at home on the Sabbath because it's not work at work. All right? That's not the idea of Sabbath either. Sabbath means not change activity. Sabbath means stop. Okay? We're going we're gonna to keep doing this. Somebody in the first service said, how long is your message going to be? I said, I, I don't know. I'm... He said, you know, just preach until they get it. I said, well, that might be a while. So I want us to get this, okay? Sabbath means stop. It doesn't mean slow down. It doesn't mean change activity. And for me, this third one is probably where I often find myself, I justify myself in this. That Sabbath means once I get everything done, then I can rest. Once I get all of the to-dos list and all of the priority things and all of those things that really, really have to get done, I'll do those and then I can rest. And what I've found, however, is that there's always something to do. All of those things are never done. Sabbath means to stop, to cease activity, not just change it, not do something different, not just slow down a little bit, not get the priority things done, and then you can rest. It means let it go. Let it go. One of the things that as I was studying this week, I was really caught by. So the first, you know, I pull up in the, in the lexicon, you know, you're, you know, kind of the Hebrew dictionary. I'm looking at these words. What does Sabbath mean? And it means to stop. It means to cease, to be done with activity or to bring it to an end. And then here's the little phrase. It just came right at the, the end of that. To be to be. And at first I looked at that and I was like, what? And then all of a sudden it, this, this idea kind of began to sweep over me and it's transformed the way I'm thinking now about Sabbath. Sabbath means to be. 
How many of you guys have kids in the room? Okay, maybe you don't have kids in the room, but you have kids. You totally understand what I'm about to say. You have kids. How many of you guys know that your kids are never, ever satisfied? There's always something more they need or something more they want to do. The worst thing you could ask your kid to do is to sit and be still. My kids always want to be doing something. They need to be doing something. In fact, they're always, they're always in need, always. I remember we had breakfast at the Montana Club. It's just right down the hill. You know where the Montana Club is. As we, we had just had this great breakfast, and we decide, because we're driving back home, and we go right by Walmart, which is like a block away. So we decide, let's stop and get some groceries at Walmart. We go to Walmart, and literally as we're walking through the aisles, 15 minutes ago, we had just eaten this incredible breakfast, and now we're in Walmart, and do you know what my kids need? Food. We need this, we need that, we need this, we need this. Can we get this? Can we get these? Can we, how about this, right? They always, like, we just ate. How can you be in need already? But they want, you know, it's a toy. It's a, it's a, it's a clothing. It's food. It's, I, I want this, I want that. There's never a satisfied sense in their life, right? And so if you're hanging out with their kids, you know, probably today, your kids are going to be like, can I go to play do a play date with my friends? Can we watch a show? Can I play electronics? Can I, can I go outside? Can I do this? Your kids will go, 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 go all day long, right? And if you ask them to be still, if you ask them to be still, they will look at you like you are punishing them. Now, I want you to know that you are exactly the same as they were when they when they were when you were young you were exactly the same and you really haven't grown up out of it because for some of you this idea of stopping and being still and not doing something producing something fixing something making progress in something accomplishing something like that would be the worst idea in the world for you that there's always something to do. There's always laundry to be done, dishes to do, lawn to be mowed, you know, projects all over the place. There's always something. And sometimes as a dad, when my kids are, you know, grabbing for everything, activity, running from here to there, you know, grab this toy, play with it for five seconds and run over here, grab this thing, play with it for five seconds, leave it out everywhere, right? They're running, running, running. I just want to stop them, grab them, say, sit down and just be, just be. You don't need to do all this stuff. You don't just come to a place of peace and rest in who you are. Just be still and rest and be. That's what the word Sabbath means. It means to stop, but not just stop because, but stop to be. And I want you to think about this because this idea of just being is actually connected to something much deeper. Right? Where's this first concept connected to? In Genesis chapter 2, the very first place where we see Sabbath, it says that God 
you know, finished up all his work on the six days. And on the seventh day, he what? He stopped. He stopped. He didn't take a nap. He wasn't tired. He, he wasn't resting. He just stopped. He just was. It wasn't that there wasn't other things on the to-do list. It wasn't that there wasn't other things he could have done. There were lots of things God could have continued to create. God has not all of a sudden run out of ideas. God, there were still things that God could have done, but on the seventh day, he stopped and said, I don't need to do more. I don't need to stay in this posture of work, 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 accomplish, accomplish, create, create, create. God says, I can be. I can take a day and I can just exist. I can be, I can Sabbath. And it brought to mind earlier this week, God, when he's talking with Moses on the Mount Sinai, mountain of Sinai, there in the burning bush, God is having this conversation with Moses. And he says, Moses, I'm sending you back to the people. And I want you to tell them I've got a message. I hear him. And Moses goes, well, who should I say is sending me? Who are you? What's your name really is what, God, you know, like, help me know who you are. And do you know what God says about himself? I am. I am. I don't need to impress you with all of my accomplishments. I don't need to tell you I'm the creator or I'm the healer or I'm the provider, even though he has all of those things. God is comfortable in just being. He's not trying to do more. He's not under this uh, effort to try to impress. He doesn't need mankind. He doesn't need creation to suddenly feel uh, like he's accomplishing as much as the other gods. He's not insecure. He's not trying to keep up. He is okay with just being. And so when he goes to Moses and said, I am, I'm enough. I am, I'm God. So tell him God sent you. I am. I don't need to do anything more. I am who I am. I am enough. And it's this idea that comes into the Sabbath for us. That God here sets an example for us to follow. God works hard for six days, and on the seventh day, he just stops. Even though there's things he could do, he doesn't do them. He just exists. He rests in himself. He's at peace. He doesn't need to keep going. He is okay, even with a to-do list, even with other things that could further the accomplishments of his agenda, right? He's okay letting it go and being still. And that's what God is calling us to as followers of him. The first place, uh, well, so we see this in Genesis. But those of you guys who know, we just went through this series on the feasts of Israel. The feasts of Israel, these seven yearly feasts, days that were set apart unto the Lord, right? And what you may not have realized is in Leviticus 23, we started this whole series, these seven yearly feasts, 
These days set apart every year for the nation of Israel to stop, reflect, and remember. I don't know. Siri's talking to me. To stop and remember. But in the beginning of Leviticus 23, here's what it says. You might remember this verse from our our series. Verse 2, God tells Moses, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, these are the appointed feasts of the Lord that you shall proclaim as holy convocations, days set apart. They are my appointed feasts. And do you know what the first feast he brings to the table? It's not one we talked in the seven feasts. It's the one we're talking about right now. Verse three, six days shall work be done. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest. And that word rest there is Sabbath, a solemn stopping, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. So the people of Israel, they realized God was mandating a stoppage every Sabbath day. We are to stop from our work, not just take naps, but to be still and to Sabbath. Now, what ultimately happens is the Pharisees begin to misunderstand this. They begin to think that the Sabbath day is like the holy day and that mankind needed to you know, basically be forced into or mandate into this Sabbath. Because for them, right, man was made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath day, it was holy. But remember, Jesus comes to them, right? He's walking with his disciples. They're walking through a field. His disciples grab some heads of grain uh, from the wheat that they're, they're walking through. They pop it in their mouth. The Pharisees freak out and say, look, you just harvested grain. You just did work on the Sabbath. You've just dishonored the Lord. You've just done the wrong thing. You've sinned and violated God's commandments. And what does Jesus say? Hey, you know those festivals, those feasts, those weren't designed for God. Those were actually designed for you. And here's what he says. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus clarifies something for them. They've been thinking that the Sabbath was for God and that mankind was made to honor the Sabbath. It was all about the Sabbath. It was Sabbath, the Sabbath. And actually what Jesus says is, look, the Sabbath, it was God's intent from the very beginning. So many of us think that the Sabbath day was all about punishment But remember, the Sabbath came into being before mankind even sinned. The Sabbath came into being before mankind sinned. The idea of Sabbath was God's original intention from the very beginning, even inside of man's perfected arena. I believe that in heaven, in paradise, we will still Sabbath. This, this, you know, some of you are like, well, seriously, it's still Sabbath. There's still a day where we're not working. We don't do anything, right? Guys, here's the thought. Many times we look at the Sabbath and we think of it as a curse. It's not. This invitation from God to stop 
is actually a blessing to you. It's a gift from God to you. You need it. We need it. There are some key takeaways that I want to throw out to you, and then we're going to close. Okay? The first one is this. The Sabbath is a gift to you. If you're sitting here right now thinking if a day that you don't accomplish anything, you don't do the dishes, you don't do the laundry, you don't mow the lawn, you don't get any of the projects done, right? you don't go into work, you just don't accomplish. If that seems to be so uh, abhorrent to you, then you probably think that the Sabbath is a curse, but it's not. God's invitation to you is to stop. And he's telling you that it's okay to step out of the race of accomplishment. It's okay just to be. It's okay for you just to exist. It's okay for you just to rest in knowing that you are God's and God is on the throne. He loves you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to impress him. You don't have to accomplish for him. You don't have to work for him. You can just be and he will be okay. In a lot of ways, while uh, I was up in the, the mountains this weekend and so it's just me and my daughter. We're up at the, our little cabin. We're sitting there and got the heater on. It was getting time for, for bed. And, and so get the pillows all set up there. And we're going to watch a movie. Right? There's lots of work to do up there, right? There's always work to do up there. But instead of doing work, we turned on the movie and we just sat together and we watched Pilgrim's Progress. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's great little animated one. She cuddled up next to me and she was just still. She didn't need to go do anything. Wasn't running anywhere. Didn't We just were. And we were together. I believe that that's really, in a lot of ways, the invitation of God to you on the Sabbath. Just be his. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to try to make it better or accomplish anything. Just rest in him. Be, because he is. And because he's enough, then you can be enough. You don't, you don't have to do better or more. The Sabbath says you are. Just be, rest in him. It's a gift to you. The second thing is this. The Sabbath won't just happen. You have to make it happen. How many of you guys know that Sabbath does not naturally happen? Right? We're always going to run to the next project. There's always going to be things like clothes to pick up, stuff to do. It's always going to be go. Sabbath is an intentional decision to be still. It's something we have to force ourselves into, especially as Americans, especially in our present culture, because we are a culture that values production and accomplishment. We are. We measure ourselves by how much we can accomplish, how hard we can work. We even talk about it, you know, like, hey, man, work has been a bear this week. Like, we kind of make it sound like it's hard, but what we really want people to know is we're working hard. We're doing a lot. We're accomplishing. We're getting stuff done. I want you to know that Sabbath isn't just going to happen. You're going to have to fight to be set to Sabbath. 
Here's a conversation that if you're, if you're married in the room, I want to encourage you to have this conversation. What does it look like for us to actually Sabbath? And I, I want to encourage you to give your spouse permission to do nothing. Now, for some of you, I think even the ladies, like, I don't know if I can let my husband just watch football on Sunday the whole day. I don't think I could do that. There's things to do. And there's little honeydews and projects I want to get done. And right. And I know this a little bit <laughs> because, because like Fridays are kind of my day off. It's, it's kind of the day I try to Sabbath. Okay. And I, I use the word try sometimes loosely here. I try to Sabbath on Fridays. Now my wife works. And when Tosh comes home from work, we always have this conversation, and it's always, what did you do today? It's about what I accomplished. And if I say nothing, usually that doesn't set us off in a good path. Like, why didn't you do anything, Corey? <laughs> right? There are things to do. There's a garage to clean. There's a you know, yard to mow. Right? Get some stuff done. You can't just sit around and do nothing. Is this funny? I get it. It's hard. But if you're a husband or a wife, I want to encourage you to talk about this and then give your spouse permission to Sabbath because they need it. They need it and you need it. And if you feel guilty, if you do Sabbath, it's going to make it even harder to be faithful and give that time to the Lord. I'm going to ask the band to come out, and we're going to close with this final thing. The final thought is this. Sabbath is a time of being. Sabbath is a time of being, okay? It's the intentional letting go of the stress of accomplishment. I'm going to let go of the pressure I feel in the soul to do, 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 do. Get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. Check off the things off the list. Get those things done, right? Because those are, we live oftentimes just under that pressure day after day after day after day after day. Do you know what happens to things that are under constant pressure and they never, ever stop? Usually, there's at some point, something goes weak and something breaks and all of a sudden there's an explosion or the pressure is released and a real mess is on your hands at that place. God is inviting you to step away from it and to be still and to let go of that constant pressure of do. And I would say this, nothing reveals genuine faith. Nothing reveals genuine confidence in God. A security or depth of relationship with God and the inner wholeness of being His and His alone, like our posture of Sabbath. If you can't let go of the lawn, if you can't let go of the house projects, 
if you can't let go of, you know, the, the work that you're doing, if you can't let that stuff go just for one day, then maybe that says more about the internal condition of the soul and what's driving you than it does about the Sabbath or God. God is inviting us to be still and to know him and to be his and to not be chasing after everything else. And it's his gift to you. So let's pray. God, we, Lord, I come before you just knowing that I've failed a bunch in this. And I have a hard time letting things go. I have a hard time, you know, not continuing to make progress. Keep taking steps forward. I just want to slow down just a little bit. I don't want to, I don't want to stop. I don't want to cease. But God, would you help all of us, including myself, learn how to be still before you? To learn how to just trust you, to be yours and yours alone, and to let you be God, and to not constantly live under the pressure of, I need more, I need different, I need to accomplish, I need to find my value in something other than you. So God, will you help us? Will you help us genuinely Sabbath? And God, will it be a blessing to our soul? We pray this all in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to the Harvest Springs podcast. Our hope is that you hear the truth of God's word and that you are encouraged and challenged by it. If you would like to take your faith journey to the next level, check out the Getting Started plan on our mobile app or our website, harvestsprings.com. The Getting Started Plan is a seven-day video-based teaching that will help you start your relationship with Jesus off in the right direction. And if there's anything that we can do to help, just fill out a connection card on our website or on the mobile app.